this is Leah and Alana watch the X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. And that's hey it. Hey, <laughs> I'm Alana. I'm Leah. And we're here to talk about episode six, which is called Shadows. 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 Very vague nice. title right off the bat. Extremely vague. Uh, did And maybe actually that helps because I will say just to start that what I thought this episode was going to be about is mm-hmm. not at all what it was actually about. And I was extremely no. wrong. So well, they, it, they want you to think that. Yeah, they really that's true. Bamboozled the whole time until I guess just about halfway. Yeah, they really got me. Because I I thought that I knew what they were doing. I thought that I knew the ways they were trying to lead us and that I was correctly calling out yeah. what they were trying to do. But I was not, I wasn't correct. So yeah. this episode is, is about, the episode description says that it's about telekinesis. But right. it is not actually <laughs> about not. telekinesis. It is about uh a ghost that's essentially what it's about yeah Yeah. now i'll say when i rewatched this i forgot (laughs) about that plot twist so it was truly (laughs) like i went through it all again and then i was like leah you idiot (laughs) so that's why i'm saying like they really get you they really they pull you in to be fair i hadn't seen it in a long time um but it's like they were wrong. Like Mulder and Scully, or at least Mulder, was like, it's telekinesis. Obviously, I've got the files to back it up. And he was wrong. So it, it's not just us. Yeah, this is one of the few times that Mulder was wrong. So I think yeah. we should cherish that and enjoy yeah. that. Let's just take a moment and just like revel in that. Before we start talking about the episode, I wanted to ask you, because I don't know if we've ever talked about this, have you ever had an experience in your life where you thought you saw a ghost or you just, you did see a ghost? Um, so I believe that I've had ghost encounters, but I can't say that I've seen a ghost. Okay. So like, just based on like what we know about ghosts like they often affect electricity or there's just like an overall looming vibe I guess that I think I'm somewhat in tune to um but just like things like that like what ghosts can and can't control so in a house that we rented in LA and this is like I've told this to people and they're like well I don't think that that was a ghost but Me and my mom and my sister, I'll stand by it. So there was a light by our garage, like an outdoor light that no light switch controlled. Like we looked everywhere, every light switch we had, like someone would stand outside and like flick it up and down, nothing happened. So we were like, okay, well, if it is one of these switches, maybe the bulb in it is burned out, but we're not going to change it. It's not an important light to us. But we... I just kind of ignored it. And then literally after living in the house for probably a year, the light came on and I was standing in the living room and I was like, mom, did you turn that light on? And she was like, no. I was like, did somebody find the switch? She goes, why are you asking this? And I was like, well, the light is on. And then it went on and off 
continuously for like the rest of the time we live there. So we refer to it as the ghost light, uh, but there is no other backing to that other than the fact that we kind of thought the house was haunted because sometimes our dogs would like go to a doorway that no one was in, like often my bedroom doorway and just bark into the darkness and then we'd turn the light on and go in and then they'd get over it. So that was all a little, a little sketchy. And then in the house that I am currently in, that my mom lives in, when she moved in, so I will say the person that used to own this house did die here. Um, <laughs> nice. So probably there was a ghost. Um, we never really encountered it, but the basement is very eerie. And my aunt, who I believe anything she says for whatever reason, I'm just like, she knows. I can tell that she knows. She went into the basement and she was like, oh yeah, he's here. <laughs> But she was like, he doesn't want anything. He's not, like, she was just like, he's here, just, like, so you know. And our dogs also freak out, refuse to go to the basement, and they follow us wherever we go. Okay, I have a question. I have a couple questions about this. (laughs) First of all, how often does your aunt do that? How often does she walk into a room I've never like, there's a ghost here? I've never seen her do it before. Was she surprised by it? No. She didn't seem surprised by it, at least. I will say that my aunt has since come back, like one of, I don't know, this is maybe last year now, came back, went to our basement for something, and she just went, I just want you guys to know that he's moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. if there was a ghost, the ghost is gone, but... I am fascinated by your aunt, and I hope that oh, she's listening to, call to this. <laughs> yeah. I hope that she's listening and that she reaches out to me, because I would love to know if she just, like, feels this stuff all the time, or what, is she surprised that she knew he moved on? Like, is this new to her? Is this old to her? I suspect... Like, what's her deal? <laughs> I will say I suspect based on her confidence in her statements that like this is probably something that she's used to experiencing not to say that she's like a full medium or anything but I think she might just be more in tune clearly more than I am (laughs) even though I like to think that I am um but like more in tune to spirits which I do think that some people are have like a closer relationship to that and god do I envy them (laughs) Although maybe I shouldn't say that because it's going to start happening to me. And I do think that if I started regularly like seeing ghosts, I wouldn't, I would not enjoy it. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I, in my head, I feel like I would enjoy it, but I guess it depends on how angry or creepy the ghosts are. Right. It's like you can't guarantee that the spirits you encounter are going to all be positive spirits here just hanging like some of them might have some unfinished business and they're gonna need you to help that's That's what I imagine I actually in that sense I would love it I would love to finish a ghost's unfinished business that seems ideal that that would be fun a career that would be great I think you could 
I don't think I could because who's going to pay me? The ghosts? <laughs> well, maybe you could charge the people that they need to do unfinished business with. You know, like mediums <laughs> that like, like celebrity mediums. Yeah, I guess that is that, kind but... of like a medium's job, but it's typically like the medium has to wait for humans to come to yeah, them. That's true. Rather than just doing like the ghost's business. You'd be like a reverse medium. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen a ghost? I feel like um, you have, but that might just be something I like think about you. <laughs> so I guess probably not. I feel like <laughs> it is possible, but there is a Scully-esque, I think, medical explanation for what I experienced. Mm. But I'll start by saying that in my bedroom, in my childhood home, in my parents' home, I felt like it was haunted for like all of my childhood. And I don't know if I felt that because it was actually haunted or because all I watched was like unsolved mysteries and ghost stories. And all I thought mm -hmm. about was like ghosts and creepy stuff, which could have <laughs> kind of like tainted my perception of what was happening. Spooky Lana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm basically Mulder is what I'll say. Uh, but some of the things that happened in my room, similar to what you were saying, there was a lot of like electric kind of weirdness in that my lights in my room would burn out at a very fast rate, just constantly. It was both my ceiling light and my lamps. The bulbs would just like burn out very quickly, like within a week, like things just like couldn't stay lit. I mean, maybe we were buying bad bulbs, that's possible. <laughs> But it only specifically happened in my room and we didn't really have that problem in other mm. rooms. Sometimes there would be kind of like weird smells that didn't seem attached to anything, oh. but it would only ever be at night. Um, so they weren't like okay. smells that were like all day. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> what kind of smell? <laughs> that, well, that's the thing is they weren't like, it's not like I could say, oh, it was like food or it was like a dead animal. Like they weren't easily placed smells they just like weren't coming from anything that was in my room I don't like that yeah I didn't <laughs> love it either one time when I was in high school because uh, something else that was true about me probably because of all the scary stuff that I watched all the time is that I had insomnia basically like my whole childhood and would be oh, up okay. until three or four in the morning uh, for like year like every night for years so one night I was watching a movie in my bed at like 3 a.m and I had a flashlight on the floor across my room it was just laying there and on its own it turned on and that terrified me and I thought it was kind of like a trick to get me out of my bed so I didn't get out of my bed and I just stayed I thought something was trying to lure me out of my bed yeah. by turning sure. the light on yeah but I didn't fall for it uh, so I just stayed in my bed, very scared. And a couple minutes later, it turned off on its own. So it turned on on its own and it turned off on its own, which okay. was. <laughs> what is the medical explanation that you think exists for no. this? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not done yet. That's okay. not like okay. the big thing that happened. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a lot. That's way more than my story. You let me go on for ages about nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think our stories are very similar. A lot of lights 
you know? It is, yeah. That's, I think that's a, ghosts are attracted to the things they can turn on. Like, I can't think of- <laughs> Ghosts love things but they like, can turn on. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but that's, I think, like, as opposed to, like, moving something across a room, it's easier for, like, their energy to transfer into something that's already, like, electric. Yeah, I agree that with that. Sense. I agree. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, electricity seems to be something that ghosts use a lot. Um, but the big thing that I experienced that I said maybe there's a medical explanation for is that also when I was in high school, something that started happening to me was that I started to have sleep paralysis. And I don't know if you know what sleep paralysis is, but for our listeners, if they don't know, it is when your mind wakes up, but the part of your body, so when you're in a certain stage of sleep, your body is in a paralysis state so that you don't move around a lot and that you can stay asleep. But sometimes you, your mind wakes up before your body wakes up and your body is still in this paralysis state. So you're awake, but you can't move. And during this, they say that you can experience both auditory and visual hallucinations. So I think that happens to a lot of people. And physically what it feels like when it happens is like someone is laying on top of you. It feels like an invisible weight that's on top of you. So I think that a lot of people experience this and don't know that sleep paralysis is a thing and think that it's a ghost experience. So this happened to me and it was very strange when it first started happening to me because it happened to me a couple nights in a row, like the same week. So it started for the very first time and then it kept happening every night for a couple nights in a row. And one of the nights, um, what happened was that I woke up unable to move and I had been sleeping with my door open and the hallway light on because this was happening to me and I didn't know what it was. So I was like very afraid. Mm -hmm. So when I woke up this time, I could see my hallway because my bed was positioned like directly in front of it. And even before I was like, even before I saw anything, I heard a very distinct sound of high heels on my hardwood floor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I heard, and my hallway and my bedroom floor were um, hardwood. So I heard um, high heels and I I can still even like hear it now. Like it was so, it felt so real at the time. And then I saw a woman in a black dress and a man in a naval dress uniform walking towards me and then standing at the side of my bed. And I could see their whole bodies except for their heads. And I don't really know if it's like the way my head was positioned that I just like couldn't see that far up um, or if their heads just like were not there, but I could see everything except for their heads. And I was terrified and I was like really, really fighting, trying to move and I couldn't move. And then eventually I like fully woke up and was able to move. And I had like turned when my body was like able to move, I had turned to one side and when I looked back, they were gone. So that was very scary, Uh, but like I said, was probably sleep paralysis. That's kind of like the scully part of my (laughs) brain being like, there's an explanation for this. 
But the molder part of my brain is like, well, all evidence to the contrary isn't entirely <laughs> dissuasive. Like, what if this is just like a state our body goes into sometimes when we see something paranormal? Or like, what if it mm -hmm. both was a sleep paralysis and me seeing something? Which it probably right. wasn't, but I, who knows? I don't, I think both of those things can be true. And especially like you had previous weird things happening in your room. Like if there was nothing else and you were just like, one time I woke up and I saw this, then maybe I'd go with the Scully answer. But I, I don't know. I think if there's been other like paranormal vibes going on, then that to me seems like the explanation is that these two ghosts were there and they finally showed themselves to you. That's some fucked up shit. <laughs> but did that like, did that really fuck you up as a kid? Because I think if that happened to me, I would have been not well for a while. The funny thing is that it didn't because I <laughs> You're was like, already, well, I knew no, there were I ghosts. Was, yeah, I was already so convinced that I, it, it didn't like shake my worldview. Like this was already something that I thought was possible and that I thought was even likely in my room. So it did, I mean, it did scare me. And, and like I said, I had insomnia for a long time and I had trouble yeah. sleeping. And I think partially because I was afraid to fall asleep, but that wasn't new. Like that was something that right. had been happening already. Oh my God. What? What just happened? I received a phone call. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, I just got an email from a ghost. <laughs> I like that it would have been an email. Well, I didn't hear the phone ringing, so I assumed okay. it was something silent. But Let's the fear in your eyes was very palpable. <laughs> um, I wish I had just gotten an email from a ghost. Can you imagine? <sighs> That'd be great. <laughs> I would love that. I would love if it was, like, the Navy captain that you had seen. Yeah, and he was emailing you to be like, hey, tell Alana, yeah. it was me. It was real. I was there. He got our energies confused. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, I think it is finally time for us to actually start talking about this X-Files episode. To lead us in, I'm just going to very quickly read the episode description that Hulu gives us. All right. Which is, Mulder and Scully investigate the deaths of two men believed to have been killed by a powerful psychokinetic force. And as we have established... That is incorrect. Yeah, and it was extremely a ghost. wrong. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. So the episode opens on this woman who is, I think, a secretary of a man who has just died. Uh, and we're led to believe that he killed himself. And she is very upset about it. But we already, from the first scene, see things like moving around and strange things are happening and basically what the episode wants us to believe is that this woman is telekinetic mm -hmm. and that she is causing these things to happen so uh, 
she also at the very beginning of the episode gets attacked by two men mm-hmm. and then they end up dead, dead which is what brings Mulder and Scully to this area right right I can't remember can you remind me because yes. it, it seems unlikely <laughs> That Mulder and Scully were actually assigned to this case. Were they, or did they? Did Mulder just show up? <laughs> um, they so they were called in by whoever these two other people are, who like refuse to identify themselves, refuse to say what this case even is. Like we know nothing about them. They're just also in um, the morgue, and just want to know if Mulder has any, like, idea about what's going on. Because clearly something's up with these bodies, which is most known by the fact that they are still warm. And so Scully's like, well, they obviously just died. And they were like, well, it's been six hours. And they also both were having, like, um, like their bodies would move, which I guess can happen after you die but like I think six hours is like past that point so it's implying that there's like some sort of electromagnetic charge still happening in their bodies which would make sense if they're telekinetic uh or were killed by telekinesis I guess but um so that's weird they're still warm and then the coroner is like, so this is how they actually died and like shows them x-rays that their throats have been crushed, but only from the inside, supposedly. Like there's no evidence of strangulation, there's no markings, there's no bruising, and yet they've clearly been strangled. Um, so that's why they're called in, but they won't, like, they won't say anything. And therefore, Mulder is like, well, I'm not going to actually help you, as we see by him saying, no, I've never seen anything like this. And then the second they leave the room, (laughs) Scully's like, "Um, you fucking lied to them. (laughs) Which I do love that Scully is now, like, can tell when Mulder's lying. Like, you know, their relationship's growing. They know each other a little better. She's like, you? No, no, no. And he's like, yeah, obviously I lied. Uh, of course, I've seen telekinesis before. Yeah, and then he does a weird thing in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, well, how are we going to investigate this? We don't have any information. We don't have any clues. And then he blows on his glasses so that they fog up. And when he does this, we see two perfectly formed fingerprints. Mm-hmm which I just don't think that's how that works. I don't think that you can see fingerprints <laughs> like that. You know also, what? Also, we're going to have to try it. <laughs> we actually should try it after this, and we should take pictures of our fingerprints on our glasses and show what they look like. Are you going to do it right now? I'm going to do it. Okay, I got a drawer the listeners, to me. <laughs> for the listeners at home, Leah is putting her thumb on her glasses all right, well, I can tell you right away. I can kind of already see it, but it pretty much works. You know what? Yeah, actually, I can see pretty well. Yeah, you can see it, right? <laughs> yeah, that actually works pretty well. All right, I stand All right, corrected. Mulder. Mulder was right. <laughs> you know, I just want to take a moment to call out how frequently I boldly say things that are wrong. <laughs> 
as though we know. (laughs) I think this podcast is really just 90% me being wrong, I think. I think that that's okay because we are we are boldly claiming things and that's what matters. <laughs> no one is fact checking what we say. They really should be, but I'm glad <laughs> they should not. Someone will one day and um fuck that person. <laughs> okay, so Mulder did the right thing, I guess, in getting those corpses fingerprints on his glasses and was able to successfully you know look up their prints from that so i think we should start more where we should start experimenting with Mulder's techniques and seeing if they work or not we really should i mean i I got nothing but free time The, okay, the medical examiners that we just talked about, you briefly said they don't say anything, which is so true. Well, they're not, they're, they're like other agents. Right. Oh, right. They are other agents. Like, we don't, we don't really know where, he's like, where are you from? Like, what do you guys, who do you work for? And they're just like, deadpan, yeah. just no one will even move a, a muscle. Yeah, it's not just that they're not giving him direct answers. Like, they're not speaking at all, which Uh -uh. is very strange because they called Mulder and Scully in. Yeah. you And, like, literally, Mulder is very spot on in that scene when he's like, well, what do you ask us for answers and you won't answer my questions? Like, I don't know anything about this case. He's like, how am I supposed to help you if you are just like, these are two dead bodies tell us about it like how did they die where did they die like (laughs) where did they come from how did they get here they're very tight-lipped they're not saying anything nothing but they do figure out i someone must say something that Mulder is able to you know come up with the fact that philadelphia is 60 air minutes away and so they must have been transported for an hour which I, I think, I guess they say, I just, you know, left my mind. And so then they're like, obviously, Philadelphia, that's how we're gonna, it's the only, but it's because, I guess, I guess it's because when they scan the prints, the two guys um, that have been murdered were last, like, brought in in Philadelphia, because they are, of course, criminals and or part of the Isfahan. Um, which I don't know a lot about. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know a lot about that either. I so it, I guess we should say that what ends up happening or what ends up being the truth of what's happening is that this company that this guy works for and this woman who we're led to believe is telekinetic is mm-hmm. selling parts to terrorist organizations or a specific terrorist organization who Mm -hmm. is making bombs so they're aiding this terrorist organization in making bombs now what i thought was happening and what i thought i clocked from the very (laughs) a lot of turns (laughs) (laughs) it takes a lot of turns what i thought i clocked from the very start of the episode was that this woman that is very distraught about this guy's 
death. And also, let me take a step back and just point out that this guy who has died, let me name him. His name is Howard Graves. I I don't know if the listeners (laughs) will remember... A few episodes ago, we talked about the serial killer tombs. We made fun of it. We said, that's a very spot on name. Why don't they just name him Graveyard? And now they have named a ghost Graves. Graves. Yep. So I just don't really know how you heighten from here. They (laughs) really just, they just keep hitting the name spot on. Yeah, I'd love to know if this is, like, a purposeful move on the writer's part. Because you would have to think it is, but at the same time, do you think they're just like, oh, well, what's the first last name you think of? (laughs) It's hard to come up with people's last names. True. Like, hmm, a dead guy. Yeah, let's name him Graves. That sounds, that sounds about (laughs) right. Anyway, next, no one's going to question this. (laughs) Okay, but what I thought was happening was that this woman was having an affair with Howard Graves Mm -hmm. and that she maybe killed him uh, and then made it look like a suicide with her telekinetic powers. But that was not it at all. No. No. I, (laughs) I I get the affair part. I guess it makes sense, the telekinetic powers that maybe she did on accident. But I guess I didn't, my brain didn't go that, that far in thinking that she did it but I did I it they do paint their relationship to be very weird she's very upset she's like leaving the company because of this like very very strange behavior I will say when you think she's telekinetic like it seems like she has no clue how to control it like it's like this is happening to her obviously this is happening to her and it's a ghost and that's why that all makes sense but it's very jarring at first that like to think that this woman is just going around destroying things like especially when Mulder and Scully first go and meet her and then as they leave their car locks them in and just like slams it in reverse down the road And it very much seems like that woman did that because she's upset that they came over, but she didn't, she didn't know that that was going to happen. I thought she did that for sure, but I thought she was doing it intentionally because she looked very angry while she was doing it. And while she was doing it, because I was so convinced I knew what was happening, I was like, this dumb bitch, (laughs) why are you trying to kill them when they very obviously are going to know it's you? Like if you're trying to hide your powers... Why would you do that? We but had it very different. Wasn't her. <laughs> we had very different readings of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was maybe less. Uh, I gave this woman less of the benefit of the doubt than yeah, you. She did. just, she just seemed so upset, like all the time. Like when things would happen, she was like freaked out that they were happening. Because once again, and we cannot trust this enough, it was a ghost. She has no powers. <laughs> this is just your average woman who works at a company, who wants to leave because her old boss is haunting her. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, what about the other boss? I need to know your thoughts on him because I think that even before we know about the terrorist stuff and the selling of the parts to the Ispahan, he is creepy as hell. 
Yeah, he was really creepy. He brings her into his office and he's like, I'm worried about you. Or he's, he says something like that where he's like, I, re- I really care about you. We really value you here. We know you were like a daughter to Howard. So we really like want to keep you here. And then he, I, does he try to kiss her? Is that what he does? Or he kind of like touches he just her? just grabs her by the face, like by the chin. And says, I won't let you leave. Yes. But like not, like a very, very forceful, like not, I didn't take it as a a romantic move. It was just a threat. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm wondering now in hindsight, did, I think that he thought that maybe Howard had told her about what was happening with the bombs because basically what it turns out is that they had Howard killed because he was going to sabotage yes. the the deals they were making with the terrorist organization. So I think that this guy is afraid that this woman knows what yeah. was happening. But she, she does, right? Did I read that wrong? No, she didn't. I thought, okay, here's why I thought she knew is, or she maybe she didn't know all of it, but she knew some of it because when later on, I think after she calls Mulder and Scully uh, at a later point, she is telling them that he used to stay late at work and she'd stay with him and they'd be talking. And she was like, he, you know, would talk and it's kind of like no one else was in the room, which like hurt her feelings, obviously. But like that she, I think, knew some of this information because he would just talk about it and she was just there. And that's why he was, like, haunting her because she knew. Like, I don't know that she knew to the extent that things were yeah. happening, but she knew that something was off. Or maybe she just knew that he was going to sabotage what was happening and she didn't know that it was specifically Yeah, funding. that's what I think it, it was. I think she knew parts, but she didn't know exactly what it was that was happening. And I, I think that she maybe knew the places that he kept information uh in a way that would like help the police i think that's why he was trying to i think he was trying to get her to find the hidden um the hidden like disc or whatever that contained all the information yeah i agree and then you know in doing this decided to show her that he was murdered in a very graphic way (laughs) yeah I I guess ghosts ghosts can only do so much but it seems like really traumatic to have to put her through this yeah I was gonna say I feel like he could have done a better job maybe I guess I just didn't really think that what he did was very obvious because he essentially she's in her house and she starts hearing his voice in the bathroom and I think he's saying like stop don't do it like no yeah and she walks in there and when she walks in there there's a bunch of blood in her bathtub and as soon as she sees this she's like oh my god they killed him they killed Harold which is kind of like he's not very specific about who killed him he doesn't like show her who (laughs) killed him she just like assumes yeah it's like Maybe he only needed to do the voice part and give her some more some more words instead of recreating. Because, I mean, it they staged it to look like a suicide. So 
bathtub, lots of blood. But he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't give anything, anything more aside from, I guess she can piece together that it was to do with the other boss and whoever he's been working with. And good for her. She figured it out. Yeah, she did. And I don't think she had much to go on, but she did figure it out. There is a part of this episode that I am confused by. I understood most of it, but not all of it. Because we're told a few times that Howard viewed this woman as his daughter. And then Mulder and Scully go to a cemetery where Howard's buried. And they talk to a very strange uh, (laughs) cemetery groundskeeper, which is a whole other story. But when they're there, they see a, a headstone for, I guess, Howard's daughter, who... I guess, died, but they very explicitly comment that she is the same age as this woman who is alive. And I thought they were saying that this woman was going to turn out to actually have been his daughter. Yeah, they do paint it that way. And I thought that for sure the first time I saw it, but it is not, it is like, it's a pointless line aside from, I guess, further tying this like bond of like why he felt so much like this woman's dad because he had a daughter who drowned as a child because he forgot to lock the pool gate as we learn from as you said the very strange graveskeeper who knows everything about everyone's death yeah about every dead person in that cemetery, he knows like, everything. He's about like, "What do you want to know? I'm the last one that sees them before they go on the ground." And it's like, "Well, that doesn't mean that you know." And also, like, that girl was supposedly a very young child, and he remembers. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems Something's like he's probably yeah. It seems like he's probably like talking to the every headstone and like having a conversation. Maybe he sees ghosts. We don't know. Maybe he does. He, Definitely does. You can just see it in his eyes. (laughs) I just want to, while we're having this moment of of (laughs) unsure of where we're at, would like to mention um, this scene where after um, the woman crashes their car, Lauren, I think is her name, Mm -hmm. they go and get the car checked out and Mulder has like his shirt slightly unbuttoned and his tie undone and his hair is all disheveled. And I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that (laughs) up. That was noted. That was seen and felt and emotionally experienced by me. So I appreciate you mentioning it. It's a gorgeous scene. And I'd like to not forget Scully in that scene who looks badass in her green suit. It is one of my favorite outfits. I've been making a lot of notes about her outfits because I think that I'm going to start dressing like this on the daily, which means I need to get a lot more blazers that are a little bit too big for me, but I think I can find it. And a lot of matching pencil skirts. I think you're going to have to buy full matching outfits here. I'm going to get pants because like, I love her, but it's ridiculous that they always have this woman in skirts 
and heels when she's running around chasing ghosts and aliens. It's irresponsible. Can you spoil this for me? In the future seasons, <laughs> does she ever wear pants more frequently? Um, yeah. There's okay. still there's still skirts, but it's also like sometimes I think I just picture that she's in pants because when they don't show like their full body shots and she's just in a blazer, I'm like, obviously she's got pants on. She's no fool. She's wearing sneakers and she's ready to go. She's almost never in sneakers. Like it's pretty much heels all the way. Um, but I do think there are more more pants as it goes. Okay, that sounds good. I think I, I would be shocked to see her in sneakers. That wouldn't feel correct. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't, but it's just, I can't walk in heels, and she is chasing things in every episode in her heels, and it's just very upsetting for me. <laughs> it should be. I mean, that, that would not happen in, in real life. All right, back to your note. <laughs> I'm distraught. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were going to bring something up <laughs> when I brought up Mulder. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking about Mulder. Um, huh, we got a little <laughs> lost in it. <laughs> I do have another note, though, that I want to be sure to talk about because I think what happens is that they come upon a picture or they specifically take a picture of Lauren from outside. She's like in her house and it's like through the window. So it's kind of like a, like a PI photo that they have of her in her house. And they, they see um, like a shadow behind her. And they're like, what is that? And it's a ghost, obviously. It's the ghost of Howard Graves, but it's just a shadow. Like I can't explain how much it is not like a person. But then they put it through their little FBI photo enhancer <laughs> and it becomes a very clear picture of Howard Graves. Like they have the technology to turn photos like of just orbs into full-fledged people. And I just want to, I just, I want to know if that's real. Does the FBI really have that? Um, I think so. But also... <laughs> I feel like just based on, they're not, they're not using this a lot in the show, and I think that they could be. And so I just like to believe that wherever Howard Graves was in his journey to the beyond, he was still so close to being a, a live person. Like, he was dead, but he was still very much in this plane, and I think that that contributed to them being able to see him, which I don't know that there's science in that. That's what I choose to believe, and that's that. Well, my counterpoint to that <laughs> is that there's another photo from the beginning of the episode that huh. is taken because Lauren is attacked by, by the two men at the beginning of the episode in front of an ATM. So they have an ATM photo of her and the men behind her. And in that photo behind her is just like a, a wisp. It's not a person. It's not a right. body. It's just like, oh, it looks like a wind sweep is what it looks like. And Mulder and Scully are like, is that a person? Even though it looks <laughs> nothing like a person. 
at all. And then they take the photo to Lauren and they're like, was this a, another, a third person behind you? And she was like, no, I don't think so. But then they're like, have you ever seen this person before? And it's not a, it's not a picture of a person. I think, th- <laughs> I'm sorry, I think in that they were just asking if she's seen those men that are actually no that's not what they were they were asking specifically about the third person they were like have Mm. you ever seen this person before but it was not a picture of a person well it was and it was Howard Graves and she was a liar another thing that happens in this episode that I found strange is that I think after the company becomes aware that Lauren knows like what happened to Howard, Mm -hmm. they hire killers to kill her and the killers show up like they are just straight out of the movie Grease. They're both wearing (laughs) leather jackets. They have slicked back hair. One is a woman and she has a ponytail and and slicked back hair, but it's just like... I don't know. I just found the idea that hired killers wear this uniform of leather jackets to be very funny. Yeah, I think it's just like a very like 90s hit men and hit woman like picture. Like <laughs> and they just stuck with it. And and shall we discuss what happens next? Well, uh, Howard kills them. He kills the hitmen. kills them. The ghost of Howard throws chairs, strangles them, holding them up in the air, while Lauren just cowers in the corner, which is a horrifying thing to have to experience. Yeah, but at that point... She knew that it was Howard that was helping her and that she was being saved. Although, I mean, sure, I understand why it was scary, but she is in the corner hugging herself and whispering shh, shh to herself. (laughs) She's not well. (laughs) She's really going through it. Like, I know that she knows that Howard is, like, helping her, but also, like, He's been traumatizing her this whole time in helping her. And I feel for her. Yeah, she doesn't enjoy, as much as she loves him and misses him and is sad about him dying, she does not enjoy his ghostly presence at all. Not at all. She, as soon as the episode is over, she, like, wants to get the fuck out of there. She moves to a whole different state specifically because... She wants to get away from this ghost of this man that she loved very much. And then she's in a new office and a cup moves in in a way that she wasn't (laughs) expecting. This poor girl. She's terrified that it's Howard. (laughs) It's not. No, it wasn't. But it It scared her a lot. Yeah. I mean, everything that happened with this ghost surrounding her was like chaotic, like So many people died in her presence because the ghost killed them. And like, yes, it was all to save her, but she still had to live through it. She also, we don't know if this girl believed in ghosts before this. And suddenly she's confronted with a very powerful ghost also. Like, I don't know what is up with Howard, but he could do a lot of shit for a ghost. 
Yeah, he seems to have totally mastered the skills of being a ghost immediately. He did not have to go through the phase of, like, trying to power light bulbs. He was immediately like, I will strangle you. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I was just going to say that I want to be sure to talk about the fact that when Mulder and Scully find out what's going on with this company, that they're aiding a terrorist group, Scully wants to arrest the uh, executives of this company. She wants to, like, Mm -hmm. find proof of this. And Mulder doesn't because Mulder doesn't want the ghost to go away. Like, he very (laughs) much does not want to solve this terrorist part of this case and just wants to keep the ghost around. Right. Like, we do, I guess, eventually discover that the two other agents from the beginning have been, like, working on this. And this has been, like, a year's worth of work for them trying to, like, catch this organization in the act in order to stop this terrorist group. And as they find all this out, yeah, literally, (laughs) Scully's like, obviously, like, we're gonna, we'll help with that because Lauren will, like, only talk to them because the other people are clearly very scary and (laughs) not good at talking to people. And Mulder's like, how could you do this? I was gonna observe spectral phenomena. It's like, all right, you know what, Mulder, usually I'm with you, man. Let's get spooky as hell. But, like, that's not, your job is not to observe ghosts. Yeah. He it's also, not. <laughs> yeah, he also specifically, like, the idea is that Howard has unfinished business. And once he finishes this business, he'll be at peace. And yeah. ghosts will go away. He will go away. He'll be at peace. Lauren Mulder will be at not. Peace. Mulder does not want him to have peace. No, just like it's a very, very selfish view on his point that he's just like, no, we're going to get to observe. And I mean, listen, I get it. Howard Graves is a very powerful ghost. It's what, what, what a ghost to get to observe. But at what cost, Mulder? He's like, let the terrorist organization continue. Lauren will continue to be tortured. Graves will never be at rest. But as long as he gets what he wants, it's worth it. And he does get to see a lot. I mean, he sees a literal picture of a ghost twice. He sees Howard strangling one of these murderers, literally holding one of these murderers up in the air. He walks right in on it. Yeah, all the papers fly around in in the office when Howard's trying yep. to show them where like the disc is. He sees a lot of this ghost. I think he should he should be happy and grateful. Yeah, he should be satisfied. I do love that scene in the office where Howard Graves' ghost like locks them all in and then just like papers start flying because Lauren's getting pissed and she's like, We didn't do all this for nothing. She starts tearing apart the office. And then Howard's like, let's freaking do it (laughs) and creates a tornado. And then with like, I don't know, a knife, a letter opener, like that, I really, I really like that part. (laughs) Every time I watch it, because it's just so pointed and he makes sure to like make everyone think as though he's just going to kill his old like business partner, like brings the knife right up to him. And then it just like shifts and just like, sling through the wall like gets me really 
gets me really excited. Yeah, Howard knows what he's doing. He's a he's a grade A ghost. Yeah, it's like his ghost is like he is literally there. Like it's not just like a force. It is just a man. Yeah, he's doing yeah, all of this. He's just there. Yeah. At the very end of this episode, Mulder and Scully, as we said, are in Philadelphia. Yes. And they say they, I think Mulder says he wants to go see the Liberty yeah, Bell. Yeah, he asks if she's ever seen it. Before. Yeah. Yeah, and Scully is like, I mean, there's really nothing to see. You're going to have to wait in a long line. It's going to be stupid. And I just want to say, as someone who lives in Philadelphia at the moment, Scully's right. Like, don't yeah. go see the Liberty Bell. The note that I that I have about this scene as well is that that is very similar to the conversation that we had when I came to visit you in Philadelphia. <laughs> we had the exact same conversation. Except, I was like, let's not yeah. see it. No. You're like, no. Except luckily, I agreed and we didn't have to go and do that. Um, and it seems like maybe Scully was dragged into this at the end. Yeah. And I guess Mulder I just want to <laughs> I wanna say for the listeners at home... That you can see the Liberty Bell without waiting in line. It's in a glass room. So, like, you can just walk past it and see it through the glass. You don't have to wait. That's just a I pro guess tip. That's, that's good news. Yeah. Also, the Liberty Bell might not even be the original bell. So, uh, uh, what that's are we true. all looking at? As we learned, they made a lot of those bells. They made a lot. The city of the <laughs> And, like, this one just sucks. Like, it cracked. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a podcast against the Liberty Bell. <laughs> this is an anti-bell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, I, this is a theory based on nothing, that if we continue to discuss ghosts, if they'll be more inclined to show themselves to us. I really hope so. I was I thinking about that as we were leading up to this episode because what I feel was true for me when I was younger, when I was like a kid and even when I was hi in high school is that I was much more open to these experiences. I think mm -hmm. I had a lot more, I think, belief in ghosts and not that I don't believe in them now, but I think that I was actively kind of wanting to experience this and thinking about it and was just like energetically open to the possibility right which i think i've lost a bit just because it's it's not something that's on my mind a lot anymore but maybe now that it is yeah. i'll see that navy officer again i mean i swear to god if you see the, the same ghost <laughs> i'm gonna freak out <laughs> Because that means, well, I guess it doesn't, but my instant thought is that that means that that ghost is specifically haunting you and not just like your house or your room. Like it was connected to you, which could yeah, be true. Yeah, but I think, that, I think that that is more likely to be true because that ghost definitely didn't die in my house for sure. That's fair. Yeah, I just, I do feel like as adults, we are able to just rationalize things more. And so we always want to think about them in that way and leave little room for paranormal to enter, even though like, you know, we talk about 
paranormal shit a decent amount and and now we we podcast about it but still in my like day-to-day activities I feel like I gotta make more room yeah I agree I agree. I think actually, you know, as we sign off today, let's change our sign off phrase a bit. And let's say, hey, ghosts, if you're out there, come visit us because we're (laughs) bored. Yeah, come say hey. (laughs) 